is the Business Breakfast with Oanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Very good morning to Craig Earlham. So they're calling it really a battle for control of the internet, aren't they? TikTok, Trump, Microsoft, three-way battle for this. As I take it, TikTok would quite like to have an American audience and American customers, which would make it bigger than Twitter. Microsoft would certainly like it. Trump's worried about the Chinese. Where's it all going? Well, it seems like it's going towards a sale of TikTok to Microsoft or another party because without that, uh, TikTok will be banned in the US. Uh, And I believe that TikTok has around 80 million uh, US users. So it's not a small user base. uh, And it feels like they've been completely backed into a corner because of this ongoing um, geopolitical fight between um, between Washington and Beijing, they have two choices. You either sell or you're banned. It's not an ideal situation to be in. And it also sets a precedent for what could potentially follow elsewhere if other, com- if other countries uh, follow the US's uh, plans. We've already seen here in the UK with Huawei that the, U- the UK government um, it, it can be t- it can be convinced. So I think TikTok finds itself in a very, very awkward position. Uh, the question obviously is, if the US was to follow down that route uh, and forced to a purchase uh, a sale or, or the banning, how would the Chinese respond? They're not just going to back down and allow this to happen uh, because as they and TikTok have previously said that these allegations are unfounded, um, even if they lie, uh, could be potentially true due to uh, various laws. Uh, so it's it, it, it's it's going to be a very strange few weeks on uh, as far as that from this concerned because this is a much bigger story than uh, just TikTok. And just to add to that, this this idea that the U.S. Treasury should get a cut of any sale does just make it all the more suspicious and does just make it all the more kind of uh, outrageous. Uh, this idea that we're now going from a, a company which is owned by a Chinese firm uh, being forced into a sale, then being forced into a sale to a U.S. tech company. And then the U.S. Treasury broker effectively brokering the deal. Um, it doesn't really get much more dodgy than that, to be fair. How might this play out globally for, for the Chinese parent company and TikTok? Well, for the Chinese parent company, it just means that what we'll see is um, we'll probably see them go on a massive charm offensive in Europe and uh, elsewhere in order to avoid similar actions being taken by governments there. Here in the UK, we've seen um, we've, we've seen Boris Johnson, um, who has effectively sided with the US and decided that it doesn't want Huawei in its um, as part of its infrastructure. But then uh, um, it does, they haven't necessarily taken quite as hawkish an approach uh, to China. So they, they kind of you wonder whether they might they might go one way or another. I think they would probably err away from um, taking this kind of a stringent approach. Uh, and, and the same applies to other countries across Europe as well. I think, but there are I think a, a number of con- countries who may view things differently, and the the attitude towards China may change as well. Obviously, um, the way things are progressing with Hong Kong has changed a lot of people's attitude to what the Chinese leadership may or may not do and the value of a Chinese signature and the the value um, of of Beijing's... kind of word as, as it were so that may be changed that may change things uh, as time progresses so there could be a huge charm offensive but this is a massive first step and should it go through and should microsoft acquire them and should the treasury take uh, a, a piece of the a piece of the deal then like I say this is massive the, the consequences could be quite significant in terms of what if you're an american business like apple for example who now operates in china does beijing 
decide that you can't operate and now you must force you, you your sale must be forced to another Chinese company. So it could just be that it could effectively open a massive can of worms. More generally speaking, let's just apply our attention if we may to the stock market in the United States, which um, that more and more you know pieces coming out, the usual kind of stuff about it's gone too far and all the rest of it. And also, if you take those tech companies out of the Nasdaq, there's not a lot left, is there? We've been speaking for 10 years, or there has been conversations for like 10 years about whether the stock market is misaligned, is not aligned with the real economy. There was a time when the economy appeared to catch up and everything seemed to kind of fall into place, but that seems to have become disconnected once again uh, with this pandemic and with the amount of central bank action that we've seen. But that doesn't seem to be necessarily overly unintentional, this idea that the stock market can, can continue to tick high and the economy can ultimately catch up. The, the, the emergence of tech as being as important and as big um, and as much of a force as it is does complicate things even further, especially when you're looking at this pandemic and you're saying the companies that have actually done well out of this are the major tech firms. So now they're bigger, more powerful than they've ever been before. Will people accept that or will people say that this they, they now wield too much power? Uh, it, it's very difficult to say, but especially I think as far as the US um, current administration is concerned, Trump has taken a hard line on companies like Amazon, et cetera, before, but I don't think he'll want to be necessarily moving towards kind of breaking them up and making them smaller. Not at the time when you're effectively in a technology war uh, with China, the idea that you want to make yours less competitive, less powerful, less um, less big um, seems to be quite counterintuitive if you are the US administration at this point. So I would imagine there's going to be a lot of uproar about how big they get, how big they get and how powerful they're getting and very little action. We did have a little bit of a bounce yesterday in the FTSE. Um, I, I don't think we can necessarily read too much into it in terms of uh, what it means as, uh, as, as, an, uh, as a representation of what the UK economy is doing. The FTSE's had a lot of movement aligned with the movements in the currency recently. It's something we've spoken about on the show quite a lot before. Um, I think it was around 85% of uh, FTSE 100 companies uh, their income is generated abroad. So when the pound weakens, the FTSE tends to outperform and vice versa. And what we've seen is the currency has actually done extremely well over the course of the last two weeks, moving from around 126 against the dollar up to around 131. And in that time, the FTSE 100 has really struggled, falling from around uh, 6,300 down to around 58.50. In the last couple of days, we've seen that the currency has rebounded a little bit. The dollar has made up a little bit of ground, having come off over the course of that two-week period. And as a result, the FTSEs kind of outperformed, like you say, rising 2.3% yesterday. I think a lot of this is a currency move rather than an economic um, uh, kind of evolution. So uh, I think I think that's the, the most important thing that we should be monitoring here. If the currency starts flying higher again, I think the FTSE will struggle. This is a business breakfast with Oanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. 